Welcome to Costume Party, the pop culture podcast chatting style on screen. I'm Lydia. I'm Hattie. And we're your unqualified yet enthusiastic hosts tearing the style of film and TV past and present to threads. Just a heads up party people, there might be some spoilers, so we recommend watching ahead. Now let's get into it. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back, bitches. Back for another series. Sorry, I've got a mouthful of pizza. <laughs> We're back for another series. Welcome back to Costume Party, season two. Yeah, we decided to come back with a bang um, for us, not necessarily for, <laughs> not for anyone not, else. No. Um, and have a pizza party. So we're in our PJs eating pizza and we've got a bottle of champs, which I've been gagging to open for so <laughs> Please long. Please just open it because I mm. feel like you've been you've asked about ten times now. Come yeah, on. this is when like I break a lamp or something. Please don't. I mean, I worked in a bar for every year, but we don't have any lamps in this room. <gasps> <gasps> Woo! Oh, thank God. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. Apologies if we sound like we're eating a lot. Um. Because we are, because the pieces have just arrived. But we figured, do you know what? Thank you. If it's good enough for Jay Rayner, if he can do it on his podcast, we can eat on ours. Oh, I think I just dipped my feathers in my mouth. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this audio is so wrong. I spit pizza into my coupe. What not? Into my into my coupe. Did you know coupe glasses were the design originally on Mary Antoinette's boobs yeah I did actually someone else said that to me recently I was like what a fun fact it's such a good fact it also made me feel a little bit better recently because I went for brunch um, with the girls at Grind Bottomless Brunch and Mm. they use little coupes and someone said my boob would fit in that yeah (laughs) I genuinely feel really good about myself because I recently changed contraception contraception and um, I thought I was just completely going to lose my boobs, so it was a big fear of mine. And then went out to brunch the other day thinking, God, how are they looking? <laughs> I said to the girls that morning, I was like, I'm, I'm worried, I think they've shrunk. It was all in my head, because someone said that, and I was like, my boob would fit in what, a coop. Do you know what? Maybe even not fit. Maybe me too big for a coop. <laughs> so I felt pretty good after that. Yeah. Cheers, mm. by the cheers. way. Cheers, chin chin. To season two. And to these coops matching our outfits. Well, well yours, not so much mine. Mm. Um, should we dive in? So, we'll start on what we've been watching generally, yeah? That's a good idea. Um, I mean, it's what we usually do. It's what we did before, Why anyway. change it now? Why change it now? <laughs> Series two. What have you been watching, then? Um, you know, I feel like I've not watched that much. <laughs> I feel like it's such a broken record on this podcast. I've been watching some reality TV. Shock. Um, just finished Maths, but not the one that's the current. You the what? Not the current Maths Australia that's being shown in the UK at the moment. The last season, so the one that was broadcast last year, which I didn't watch because it was just a big commitment, and I was mm. going to be watching it alone. And I feel like it's not the same when you watch it alone. No, that's fair. Um, so this for anyone. We've talked about Maths Australia before, I'm sure everyone knows what the premise is. Getting married at first sight, so all these couples are paired based mm. on... I assume they sort of, like, do a little questionnaire about what they're looking for. And then they embark on... I think they... But I didn't realise. It is, like, three months. 
Oh yeah, it's a long time. I thought it was shorter than mm. that, and then one of them referenced it, and I was like, oh, actually, it's quite a long time. Um, so for anyone that watched, this was the season with Bryce and Melissa, drama, oh, drama, God. drama, Belinda and Pat, um, Kerry and Johnny, who were my top couple, and it's great watching it when it's already been on, mm. because then you get to Google the shit out of everyone afterwards, and find out who's actually so together, good. and mm. it's so satisfying, like, the last few episodes, I was like, just can't wait to get to the mm. last one, just so that I can Google everyone and stalk them on Instagram. So, yeah, that's been great. And there's a new Netflix reality show, um, The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On, mm. which you just mentioned. Yeah. Pre is signed to record. So it's Nick and Vanessa. Is she Vanessa? Nick and Vanessa? I don't Lachey. know. Lachey. So oh, they do... Um, yes, I think so. They do Love is Blind, which mm. I loved. So they're also the hosts of this new show, Netflix show, Ultimatum. Um, and basically these couples go on, they're about six couples all together, and one person from each couple has given the other an ultimatum for marriage. So they're saying, mm-hmm. we're getting married now, or it's over, basically. It's so interesting as well. Some of them are like 23, 24, and I'm like, guys, why do you need a ring? Like, mm-hmm. calm down, you babies. <laughs> she says as a 26-year-old. <laughs> but see, I was like, wow, me, like, surprised but oh yeah no it makes me feel so old it's crazy. I already feel old turning 24 soon and then I watch shows like this and people are like oh I'm 25 like I thought I'd be married with kids by this mm. point and I'm like really I didn't think I'd have a mortgage <laughs> it could be another five years till I can get one of those so it's interesting like the concept's pretty interesting oh so sorry I didn't actually explain them so they go on because they've been given an ultimatum mm-hmm. and then for three weeks, each person dates. Well, they sort of like have a week dating mm. the other couples. And then they choose to do a trial marriage with someone from another couple. Oh, God. That's a recipe for disaster. Well, yeah. I think that's the part oh, of the God. show. <laughs> it's like wife swap, except yeah, have rings on it yet. So mm, exactly. yeah, that's, just, that's just not going to go well. Like fiancé swap or like possible fiancé swap. Because I'm not even engaged. That is my literal worst nightmare. But it's quite interesting to see, like, who... I've only, I've not watched the whole thing yet, so I don't know how it mm. ends for everyone, but um, to kind of see, like, who goes in thinking that maybe they're going to meet someone else or that they're going to go in and it will prove to their partner that actually their partner only wants to be with them... They're like, this is going to, like, turn it around for us. They're going to realise that I'm the only person for them. And, obviously, that's not happening with everyone. Well, that's the thing. I'm sorry. If if that's the point, if that's where you're at in your relationship, call it quits now. If you're having to go on this show, Mm -hmm. I think the writing's on the wall. Mm -hmm. I would just be going in to see if there's anyone else by this point. Well. Well, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't be going on the show. I sort of think some of them have, to be honest. Mm. But, yeah. What have you been watching? So, I've been watching Maths Australia, the series that's currently on Channel 4. Mm. Um, my husband so I can and I, start that now. Yeah. It's, it's so good. My husband and I are obsessed. Mm. To the point now where there was one weekend where I came home, home on Friday night. We watched it that evening. I got up in the morning, sat on the sofa and was like, hmm, kind of fancy watching Maths. So I texted her. 
I was like, can I feel that's right? Put the maths on. What do you think? She was like, that'll get me out of bed. So, started watching it from like nine in the morning. Continued Ugh. watching it. Ate lunch. Like, we sorted the kitchen. Organised it whilst watching it. I went out for a run while she was in the bathroom. I came back. We continued watching it. We continued watching it throughout the afternoon until then. I was going out that evening. So I had to go get ready. And I was like, oh, I should probably go get ready soon. And she was like, oh, do you want to turn it off? I was like, no, I was thinking, I just get ready with what, while watching it. So she was like, oh, thank God. It's so addictive, though. So addictive. So we just carried on watching it. Then got up the next morning. Um, she was supposed to be going out with her family that day. But her mum got COVID. Um, spared them. Yeah, really bad for her. But then for us, we then had another whole day of watching... Oh. Maths until our other housemate came home and was like, So, what have you done this weekend? And we're like, Well, we've watched about eight hours of maths. It was at least oh, eight see, hours. Like eight actually, I don't think that's It doesn't sound like too bad. bad. Over two days. Hmm. I think that's okay. In my house so. share, when we watched it in lockdown, we would watch pretty much a week's worth in one night, like every Friday night. Oh so, obviously, when we mm. weren't leaving the house. Every Friday night we would get a takeaway and we'd be like, oh, let's just watch one or two. Sometimes we would, like, save a couple for Saturday because, yeah. you know, also still nothing to do the next day. Mm. But we have been known to have binged a whole week on a Friday night. So that's, like, five hours. Sometimes they're longer than an hour. That is impressive. But it's because you're like, oh, we've got one more. And you need to know what's going to happen. It's just the cliffhangers, you know. Mm. It's intense shit. It's really intense shit. And they they're big on their cliffhangers. They give mm. a lot of previews, or mm-hmm. previews. So then you have to see what happens. Yeah. It's just know. a whole thing. So it's a commitment, but it's one that I'm enjoying. Um. So I've been watching that. I watched pieces of her. Oh, was that good? Oh, really good. If you've not watched it, you've got to watch it. Oh, that was a proper kind of like cliffhanger. Want to know mm-hmm. what happens? Different to like the usual crime. Who was in it? Um, so it was Tony Collette was the mum. Mm. The daughter yes. I'd not seen before. But then very randomly, the main one of the main guys in it, oh, I now can't remember his name, which is really annoying, but he's going to be in the new Batgirl film coming out, mm. like this year, next year. And um, he was randomly, did you ever watch Some Girls on BBC Three years and years ago? Oh my God. In like 2013. So, did it have like a catchy little... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he was in that. I loved him. That was good. That was just like a classic Netflix thriller, but mm. a bit different to your usual so it's on Netflix. murder mystery. Then I just started watching, as a bit of a throwback, because mm. um, I told my housemate that I fancied Henry Cavill. Mm. And she was like, oh my god, have you seen him in the Tudors? And I had actually briefly <sighs> watched it years ago and then tailed off with it. I feel like maybe we watched him a bit at home. Probably. Like, I think it's one of those things that was just on. Yeah. Probably not super appropriate. There is a lot of nudity. Mum's going to be like, we didn't watch that with you. <laughs> She's not speak that. <laughs> I just thought it was quite a good impression. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I don't speak like that. Stop speaking like that on your podcast. <laughs> oh. Um, Sorry, Mum. We're now not going to get that five-star review, which you promised us for this series. <laughs> God damn it. So yeah, so we've been watching the Tudors, which has partly filled a hole, nice little segue here, mm-hmm. for, because I started watching it just this week after I finished what we watched ahead of this week. 
Mm. Um, for this week's topic, which admittedly I was going to watch anyway and devour Me anyway. Too. But I, um, I'm not going to lie, it got quite intense watching this week. This week's watching. Yeah, it was a lot in a week. I mm. did it in a week too. Mm. Oh, I think I did it in under a week. I'm just saying. Well, I'm <laughs> saying a week, but I don't mean a week. It's Bridgerton. It is. Well, how did you watch the last series? Did you enjoy the first one? I loved the first season. So I have a theory about this. Okay. Because I don't know about you, but a lot of people have said to me that they didn't think the second season was as good. Mm. Have you heard this too? I have. I wasn't as, like, enthralled in season mm-hmm. two as I was. Season one, I think I literally sat... I mean, I did binge a lot of season mm-hmm. two, but it was different. It was like, oh, I guess I'll watch another one. Whereas the first season, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. But season one came out, and it was sort of Christmas, wasn't it? Twenty. Mm. It was Christmas Day, 2020. It was Christmas Day. Mm. So, I mean, I was self-isolating. Well, I'd just come out of self-isolation because mm-hmm. my housemates had COVID. We'd just gone into tier systems. Like, it was oh, a right. Christmas where a lot of us, like, couldn't, you know, see mm-hmm. our friends and family and stuff. So it was a pretty dreary time, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like we needed that. Also, not a lot of new stuff had come out because, obviously, a lot no. of productions had been cancelled or put on hold and pushed Absolutely. back. Absolutely. So mm. this, this coming felt like a big production to be released at a yeah. time when there was nothing new. Mm. We all really needed that like very sort of like glamorous old school escapism mm. that was Bridgerton. And it was period drama, but it was very like a modern take on it. And a lot of people, I think, who wouldn't usually watch period dramas watched and enjoyed Bridgerton. So yeah. I think it was very much like we needed it <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And now so. it's like time has passed. We can mm. leave the house. And oh, there's always the, the possibility that when you love the first series or film or whatever of something, that you're going to feel a little bit let down when you see the second because yeah. nothing ever lives up to the first time you discover something, I don't think. Absolutely not. It doesn't. I do agree with you to an extent. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, from my personal perspective, I accidentally... Mm. I say accidentally. I knew what I was doing, but I didn't realise what the outcome was going to be. Mm-hmm. We, as a family, love period dramas. We've grown mm-hmm. up watching them. We've grown up watching the classic Pride and Prejudice, North and, North and South. I was going to say North and South. Great. Longing glances across a room... No nudity. Like, absolutely no nudity. Like, maybe a wet shirt here or there. Maybe a lowered fan. But not... Oh, yoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but never, like... Why would I think, girl? Show me nose. Mm. <laughs> never, like, you know, just full frontal... Nudity on a lawn, where usually you know croquet is played. Oh no! You don't, you don't, play, you just don't mix those things. So I went into this. Also, it was at home that Christmas and mm. watched it oh, with mum and dad. And it was just, I'm not gonna lie, like it kind of, I don't want to say it ruined the experience for me, especially <laughs> because they will both listen to this podcast. However. It wasn't the same, because I think I just, the whole time was so uncomfortable that it just, you know, it just didn't help. 
I don't feel like it was to utter escapism for me as it was for everyone else. And actually, that's a really good point because I think mm. people loved the sex. Like, mm. people <laughs> loved... No, but they and did by people, we mean you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind it. She's not complaining. But that was another thing that people have said, was mm. that this season wasn't very sexy. Actually, I will say, there is nothing worse than heavy breathing. Like... <laughs> I think that, like, okay, so that's, right, we should just go into what were your just instinctive thoughts for this series, then? In general? Mm. Um, Before we talk costume, which I know is what we're here for, but we've got to, we've got to give the people some context. Should we do a little synopsis of this one? I don't know, we probably should. Like, I, I wasn't going to on the basis, I just assumed everyone had watched it, but arguably people haven't. Mm. Do you want to do a synopsis? So, it's, it differs from season one. I think this is, again, maybe why it's, people haven't taken to it as well. Because mm. in the first season was centred around Daphne Bridgerton. Mm. And in this season it's centred around her brother Anthony, who it's the start of the new season, whatever you, whatever they call the it. The new social season. The social yeah, the season. season. The season. Slash, like, the ma- it's an, with the marriage market, the social season mm. is, it's it's basically, like, selling yourself off. Getting your horses to market. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something. <laughs> it was of its time. That's it, what people used to do. Yeah, no, no, you they like, did. You like trot yourself around. Is what I mean. So this stems around Anthony at the beginning of the social season, um, and he is looking for a wife, mm. and he's the man of the household, mm-hmm. which we find out a lot more about um, in terms of how he came to be the man, as in mm. the father passed away. We find out more about. That story. <laughs> so it's not me. Really <laughs> so, how I came to be the man. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you the man. You, you the man, love Bridgerton. Well, I didn't know how else to emphasize. No, I know what you mean. That he's the man the of only, the house. He's not the only man. The patriarch. He's the man. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um... Which is a really sad aspect of the storyline, but really interesting to watch. Um, and then, yeah, his sort of little love triangle mm. with Miss Edwina and Miss Kate Sharma, mm. who have travelled to London from India for the social season, yeah. specifically because um, the family want Edwina to marry. Mm to help with the family's financial situation. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it overall. Mm-hmm. I think I went into it with quite low expectations, actually, because people had said it's not as good. And I actually, mm. like, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to season three. Mm. I hope there is one. Should there be one? There is. Is there? Yeah, there confirmed. is. Okay, good. I'm pretty sure they've already confirmed seasons three and four. Great. And I actually like that it centres around a different mm. character because yeah. I don't know where the Daphne storyline would have gone like that. that no. We'd done it, you know? To be fair, I also think it's quite a true reflection of 
in those days. Like, yeah, the, they'd the be new like, season, it was like, next, yeah. They'd be like, who are we marrying off now? In the sense yeah. that also Eloise, Daphne's sister, is also going into society. Mm. So she sort of has her own little subplot. So there is, yeah, it makes sense. How did you find it in general? I enjoyed it. I was frustrated at points because the storyline is annoying. Because mm-hmm. essentially, Kate is out on a morning run. A morning run? She's <laughs> I don't know where that came from. A morning ride. She's a modern woman. <laughs> she is, to be fair. There ain't no petticoat stopping her. She, mm-hmm. she's, she's running them hills. No. Because she was out on a morning ride once they'd got to town. They'd not met anyone in town yet. She's out on a morning ride. She comes across Anthony Bridgerton. They have a bit of a race. They spar a bit. You know, there's clues in chemistry. But she doesn't introduce herself because she shouldn't be, as a lady in those days, she shouldn't be out riding on the morning on her own in chaperone. How dare she? Mm, very inappropriate. But, you know, we get to know she's fierce, she's independent. She's a classic Regency heroine. Mm-hmm. And we love that kind of girl. But mm-hmm. it was very frustrating because, essentially, they just turned into this thing of, like, she didn't think she could marry because she didn't have the wealth behind her mm-hmm. or the connections, and she was just all apparently there for Edwina, trying to help Edwina get married. Which was all nice and noble, but also she basically gets into this weird, like, flirtatious back and forth with Anthony, who who has already met her twice before he meets Edwina, not knowing that they're sisters, decides he wants to marry Edwina, but then has to spend a lot of time with her sister, who he thinks that he hates, but then we all know that they've just got sexual chemistry. Mm -hmm. And then they're just breathing on each other in the library, and and they're breathing on each other in a wood, and then... (laughs) They're just like falling into mud together. It's like all the classic. A lot of breathing. There was, uh, there was so much breathing. And I actually thought it got to a point where it wasn't sexy because you know someone's breathing so yeah. heavily like they're pushing the air out. In the Regency era, they didn't have toothbrushes. Ooh. They didn't have toothpaste, toothpaste with fluoride. But do you like, think everyone just smelled so... Maybe. Maybe it was okay to smell, but then maybe normal. they didn't do so much heavy breathing on each other in those days because Probably it wasn't not. the etiquette. Because they had such bad breath. But also, it was frowned upon. Well, yeah. That's another thing. They're always just getting into, like, silly little situations where they end up breathing on each other. And I know it's because... Someone they're... could catch them. <laughs> <laughs> they could. And they do. Daphne catches yeah, them. And I'm like... Stand up gal, Daphne, for not saying anything. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, so there were some bits that were a bit ridiculous, and I did think it was overacted. Mm. in parts however what I will say is I'm not blaming not blaming anyone I'm not saying it's the actors I think the acting was great mm-hmm. so bits where I've react, reacted but I think that's just the show yeah I do people keep being like oh it's so unrealistic it's so cheesy I'm like yes it's doing what it's told you it was going to do mm. from the beginning it is pastiche of period drama this yeah. isn't a normal just kind of high end period drama no. they have magnified everything to be ultimately entertaining. And that's why it's done so well. Exactly. That's why it's, it's done so well in the mainstream as well. Yeah. And I think that's really good for part period drama. We need people coming in and, but you can tell I'm Thraying. a drama, classic literature fan. Like, yeah, we need people coming in, giving a fresh perspective, bringing in some actors who maybe haven't done period drama before. Mm-hmm. Because you get people like, God love him, I love Richard Armitage. But he does a, he does a lot of period God. dramas. God love him. Um... <laughs> Rupert Everett, they're all they're all in there. They're all doing period dramas. This is a bit different. It was a very Netflix mm. spin. So I'm here for everything being over the top. Yeah, I am too. Mm. So ultimately, like I enjoyed it. 
there was one point where I was so engrossed that I continued watching it on my walk from the tube. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah, not very safe. I'll be honest, I wouldn't recommend no. it. I've done it with a book as well. Oh, also no. Also, not good. Really not good. That's worse, I think, actually. It, I, I was very slow walking. Mm. Shall we get into some costumes? <laughs> I think we should. Okay, costume overall then, what was the common thread for you? I think my common thread was colour. Mm. because you could tell, so we should say, the costume designer for this season was Sophie Cannell. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's how we say it, pronounce her name? Apologies if I'm saying wrong. Oh, um, and she was actually the assistant costume designer in season one mm. to Ellen... You're struggling with these names today, aren't you? You wouldn't know I was a large language student. Ellen Moronyik? Yeah, we'll go with I that. think that's how... Sorry, Ellen. Um, <laughs> so she led season one, and then Sophie has now taken over as the lead costume designer in season two. I also actually think... I don't think this was intentional, but interesting, because we obviously moved to a new focus in season two to have a new mm. kind of eye. Well, obviously Sophie was involved in season one as well, but to have someone with possibly a bit of a different perspective look at, like, a new central mm. point and theme for the series. Um, so she was really involved in choosing all the each main character's colour palette. Mm. So everyone had their own colour palette and they kind of stuck to that, which actually I think is so obvious when you watch it. Everyone yeah. wears a certain... Mm. Specific few colours, I would say. Um, so that for me was really big. Kate especially wore a lot of purple and mm-hmm. jewel tones. But largely purple, I'd say, overall. Um, and it starts in a very dark hue and then sort of gets softer as she goes on her personal journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going colour overall. Okay. What do you think? Um, so I just mm-hmm. put some little notes down. Just to jog, jog my memory. Gosh, that's a lot of notes. Um, <coughs> um, well, you say that, but for common thread, the only thing I put was purple. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, we agreed. We agreed. Purple. There was just a lot of purple. There was a lot of purple. Mm. And when I was watching it, I was thinking, I'm sure there wasn't this much purple in the last series. <laughs> But I think, yeah, I think it's because with the char- with the Sharmas and their Indian mm. heritage, they did go for jewel tones. Yeah. And also, Sophie Canals alluded to the fact that lilacs, as Daphne says, mm. the flower, are representative of first love. So it did just make sense for them to have that yeah, in this, in, um, in this series as a motif. Edwina wears a lot of lilac. One thing that I noticed straight from the off, actually, was just between the Sharma sisters that... Yeah, Edwina wears softer colours. A lot of pinks. Yeah. And almost like verging on Barbie pinks at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, she It's does. like very, very girly mm-hmm. and feminine. And then Kate wears darker shades. Mm-hmm. And often they'll be in the same colour palette. Kate mm-hmm. will just be like three shades darker. And Kate's clothing, I think, is much more like structured, like mm. fitted little long sleeve jackets. And yeah. She's got a couple of top hats and... Mm. Which is obviously very reflective of their relationship, especially at the beginning yeah. when 
Kate feels that she is there to help Edwina get married. Mm. So she's sort of like leading in this adventure Mm. and is very, yeah, kind of like more practical, I guess, in how she's doing it. So Edwina wants a love match, Mm. but Kate's bothered about who that's going to be and what it will mean and how it will reflect, Mm. obviously because of their financial issues. Mm. Which Edwina doesn't know about, but she sort of wants to, I feel like, keep Edwina in, like, cotton wool. Yeah, she does. In this cute little pink... (laughs) This cute little pink candy glass bubble. Yeah. And so she's taking on very much, like, the older sister, almost like a parental, Mm. more so than their mum, of, like, okay, this is what we need to do. Mm. You need to be with someone like this. Blah, blah, blah. And that is very reflected, mm. I think, in what she wears, in the colour, but also in structure as well. Could you relate? Yeah, I'm just always mm. being the practical big sister. Mm. I just really saw a lot of myself. Mm. I did actually think when I was watching <laughs> I was like, I just wouldn't do, like, I would just say, like... Thank you. I was like, I would just yeah. be like, look, Lids. I'm attracted to you, Fiance. This guy that... You think you want to marry? I think he fancies me. I wouldn't say that. No. But like, please, it wouldn't do have that got. Happens though, but that's the thing. But it wouldn't have gotten that far happened. at the point where mm. they met. She would have been like, "Shit, Edwina, I actually met this guy. And we did a lot of heavy breathing on each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be something there. Like, I know yeah. that like we actually got to tell you, sis. We need some cash, so you do need to get married. But. I kind of fancy this guy. Like, you would say yeah. it on the first meeting because there's no way that Edwina was l- actually in love right, right from no. the second. And Kate Instead does... of just deflecting and being like, what about this guy? She yeah. should have just been like, I like this one. Well, also, Kate initially thinks that she doesn't like him because she's like overheard him talking about how he doesn't want a love match. He just wants just a practical wife. And... She apparently does want a love match for Edwina, which is why she's like not mm. told her about the whole financial situation. But realistically, was she gonna? That. Yeah, was she gonna just let Edwina run off with a chimney sweep? Probably not. And at the end of the day, I was well, thinking, no, she wouldn't. As a younger sister, I was just thinking, well, if I were in that position as Edwina, Kate kept, be, Kate kept saying, "Oh, I just want Edwina to be happy. I just want Edwina to be happy." Edwina's not gonna be happy if she's married to the guy mm-hmm. who her sister likes to breathe on heavily <laughs> in in dark libraries, half undressed in an, in a nighty. Like it's not like it's not good. It's not good. She wasn't doing the right thing by Edwina. She just so that whole thing. Well, was I'm glad we agree on that. Yeah, it was like mm. oh yeah, I agree. Anyway, back to the costume. So yeah, so back to the costume. Um, yeah. Kay is absolutely more mature in how she dresses. Mm-hmm. And actually quite masculine if you look at the top hat. Yeah. When she's hunting, doing a traditionally masculine pursuit. That's the other thing is that she is keen to like be involved. Be a bit of a pick-me girl, actually. She is a bit of a pick-me, pick-me but girl. But in a good way. I don't think she means to I don't be. think she means it, but she's like, well, why can't I shoot too? Mm. Well, like, yeah, absolutely. Because we've all done it. Crack on, Kay. You know, why can't I come play darts? Yeah. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. Exactly, and often we are better than them. Champs, champs, yeah. Give me a top up in my coop. So yeah, so I, I think that was definitely you could definitely see that. Also, one thing this is going to sound a bit weird. I noticed this. Mm-hmm. However, you know how her costume gets a bit softer, lighter, yeah, yeah, as as the series goes on. Her neckline definitely gets lower. <laughs> 
Like it hundred percent does. She's then, lowering that fan. Yeah, down. and of course it is of course it is definitely like mm. they're they're getting pushed up. Like it's I definitely mm. saw a notice I'd notice Because she's embracing that side mm. of her. She's like, actually, yeah. It's okay. Well, to but show her come at me. Cleavage, mm. you know, on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, not? <laughs> She's just a girl of um, the modern day, is, is Kate. She is. Well, I have heard that. I'm not sure. This is something I've noticed while online shopping as well. Mm. Corsets, popularity in corsets. Has oh my god! Mm. There's. Do you think it's because of Bridgerton? It wouldn't surprise me if there's if there's a correlation. Because mm. there's one I really want to rent. Oh, I can't mm. remember what the designer is. But I'll put a link in the mm. show notes because she's really, really cool, this girl. that like, um, They're like hand-painted corsets. Does she have on Instagram? Yeah, she's, yeah, she's got a really Maybe cool I've seen her. Maybe I've followed her. You can rent them on Rotaro. Oh, I I nearly got one the other week and then I was like, oh, I just think I need like a proper occasion. Yeah, that's fair. Kate would say, I don't need an occasion. Kate would say, be a pick-me. She would. Wear it to Tesco. Um, any more, like, common thread musings you want to share? Mm. Um, one thing I thought, mm. this isn't really a common thread for that throughout the whole costume. Mm. However, Lady Jada Danbury is just such a spice. Oh my god, what a girl. Seriously, what a girl. Like, like I don't Lady think it Danbury. was normal for women of her age to have it all out Mm-mm. in that way at that time. I'm saying I it all out, not in a negative way. In a good way. Like like the yeah. younger ones are doing, like, like the younger ones. Her, her decolletage looks fantastic. That's what I'm trying to say in Regency speech. She's great. And when she wears that um velvety red Oh yes. But do you know what I think that's a reflection of there's that scene that she says who does she say it to? It's gonna bug me. Um oh, maybe it's Eloise, but I think I miss that's wrong. Um, but she basically says, I've had love. Mm. I've lived my life. I've been oh, married. Yeah. I'm now widowed. I've... She says it to Kate, doesn't she? Oh, it's to Kate, mm. yes. So, because Kate's kind of like, but you're alone. Like, why do we need to get married? Yeah, and you're happy. Mm. And Danbury says, but I've lived a life. I've loved and I've lost. Mm. And now she's just oh. like... Owning a life, and she's like, mm. yeah, like, I'm good. Look at me in this yeah. red velvet to the races with my hat. Like, she's just owning herself. Yeah, she is such an icon. In what she wears. Mm. Like, she just is very unapologetic about it. Yeah. And I think that's why, mm. is that she's the one that she, of that, like, generation of the sort of like matriarchs of the show yeah she lives quite a different life because mm. she is just living for herself yeah essentially mm. she obviously has her friends and um they're kind of well, like the days, going, yeah like live with her so but i think in how she dresses it's very much like a i'm here mm. for me now like yeah. this is this is my time to shine like and she's not she's very unapologetic about it That's yeah so true Ooh. She has her opinions. She pulls the strings mm. in society. She does what she wants to do. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? She absolutely does. I just think you can tell she's just quite wise. She has lived a life. Yeah. And you can tell it from the fabrics. Someone I just really want to talk about mm. is um, Penelope. 
Uh, do you know what? I want to talk about Penelope. Okay, good. Can we talk like, about Penelope? I don't need to sit down and have an intervention with Penelope. If we could sit her down... <gasps> what are you going to say? I really love Penelope's outfit. Okay, I'm not going to say... I think you can get what I've got to say. But, okay, you go first and then I'll explain my opinion. So I should say? My, my opinion is quite niche. Okay. Well, you are quite niche. I, I like to be niche. So we do best and worst dressed. Okay. You know, it's a costume party. You've got to pick the best and worst dressed. Amen. Um, as you said, we don't do this at actual parties. We have. We're just going for the Oscars, Oscars vibe um, of picking best and worst. So my worst dressed of the party this week is Penelope. Is Penelope. Now, I should just say, I love her looks. Mm-hmm. So it's not about what she's wearing. It's more about how she's wearing it. Interesting. It's the fact that okay. I don't think she's happy in what she's wearing. No, and she's that not. makes me sad. Me too. I think your clothing should be a reflection of how you're feeling on the inside. <laughs> Whoa, this is really deep. Whoa. You're not my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 she do you know what the worst thing is it's not even like she's pretending to be someone she's not no her mum is making her dress in a certain way she's trying to make her conform to the featherington style she's Mm -hmm. not a featherington Mm -mm. you know she used to walk a path on her own that's what this is a massive spoiler but that's why she's lady whistledown like she's like she doesn't need to be wearing this like she even jokes about her own clothes and like how she doesn't really mm. like them. She says that she seems to have grown tired of yellow, mm. which she wears throughout the series. And something that clicked with me today, right? I really hope you don't say what I'm about to say. Oh no. Say it. Okay. Well, something that clicked with me today, I was like, she wears so much yellow mm-hmm. and a lot of florals. Yeah. And yes, they're over the top and everything. They are. Mm-hmm. But also, they're not really in fashion. So people mm. aren't necessarily looking at her to mm. look at her. And she, what I've noticed is with these floral yellow dresses, she is quite literally a wallflower. Because oh. if you look at all of the balls, but this is how she's Lady Whistledown, mm. this is how she gets all the gossip. She, she hears because people don't notice her and she mm-hmm. doesn't partake within society. Partly because she does wear slightly garish clothes. Like, the Featheringtons aren't the Beanox no. of the Tom. But they dress outlandish. Like they are. Or, yeah. Like they want to be. But the thing yeah. is, sometimes less is more. Yeah, they're not like stylish. The yeah, and um, even in absolutely the slight side note in the jewelry, mm. um, the Bridgertons are predominantly silver jewelry. Yeah. It's a bit more subtle. Featheringtons wear gold, mm. and then which is obviously like a mm. lot more outspoken. And then mm. the Sharmas do rose gold, which yeah. like their the um, colors of their costumes tend to be much more, as we said, jewel tones and bright. But their jewellery yeah. sort of like an in-between, like they're standing out, but it's not trying too hard. Mm. Whereas I think the gold jewellery is more in your face from the mm. Tethertons. It is. And again, for the Sharmas, like, I think that was partly inspired by the Indian heritage. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of their jewellery was. Which I think works so well with the costume, especially because they've got quite bright patterns. Like with the Paisley, which again, is very traditional. Mm-hmm for that region of the world. However, what they wear seems to feel really natural. Whereas mm. the Featheringtons are so outlandish. It's bows and polka dots and a bright colour yeah, in the outfit. everything. It's, it's quite um, Cinderella ugly sister vibes. It is. It definitely is. 
Which I think is great costume design. Oh, um, me, yeah, no shade. Mm. I also love what the Featheringtons wear. Not oh, yeah, like, I do. If I, mean, I if was I... in it, I would be, probably be a Featherington. Oh, I was going to say, I wouldn't be. I would <laughs> be a Bridgerton because I wear a lot of blue. Yeah, and I'd be a Featherington. Yeah, you would. You're quite literally in feathers right now. Yeah, that's true. Oh my god, I am. Yeah. Um, and I'm in blue. Well, I'm like, look. Um, actually, I'm in the Sharma colours today by you accident. Are. I'm in like a duck egg blue from the teal palette and the lilac. The lilac. Mm. Oh. Lilac is my favourite colour. I wonder what that means for me. Interesting. Interesting. Yellow's mine. Mm. Interesting. Um, we'll get on to it. They will, but that's not going to work for my point right now. Okay. Because what I was going to say Sorry, about I took Penelope, you, on a tangent. you did. She's Penelope, a wallflower. She's a wallflower. If you look at the walls in all the ballrooms, they're yellow, if not cream. Also, that was on purpose. Did you read this? No. So the set design... Mm. So each ball had a new set design. Right. And it was intentional that the costumes reflect the, oh, the theme. So that will have been mm. on purpose. So that's not a, an accident. Oh, no. I don't think ever, anything ever is. No. Well, I mean, I guess some things are. But yeah, so I was thinking Penelope always blends into the surroundings. Because mm. she's pretty much always in yellow. Not all the time, but most of the time. And most, like, the walls often, especially in the ballrooms, mm. are yellow or cream. So true. Can I give my yellow opinion? Yes. Give me your yellow so opinion. So Penelope was going to be my best dress. Interesting. One, because I just genuinely love what she wears. Mm. Like, I couldn't pull off yellow, but I she obviously wears a lot of yellow. And, like, her little yellow sequin numbers in the evening. Oh, bless I her. just think, like... They're the most exciting costumes for me is what she wears. And I think that's mm. probably on purpose because she yeah. is blending in mm. by not blending in, as mm. you've sort of said, like in a weird way it's Yeah. She's trying to stand out, but well, she's not trying to stand mm. out. Her mother's trying to make her stand out mm. and in doing so she's not. But there's a lot of yellow and again, as we said, florals. Mm. And yellow roses are the symbol of friendship, mm. which I think oh. is, that's why I love them, and my yellow's my favourite colour. It's like a very happy, sunshiny colour. Mm. That's why I love it, which kind of like to follow on from what you were saying, actually, mm. in terms of the sunshine, she's yeah. not very happy. She's no. got this other side of her. Yeah. And when she is being Lady Whistledown, or she's being Lady mm. Whistledown's sort of maid mm. when she's pretending not to be. And going to the printers and stuff, she wears, like, navy cloaks and mm. things to blend in. So that's almost like the complete opposite of, like, this other side of her. But I think Absolutely. the friendship thing is really important because the biggest friendship plot of seasons one oh. and two is mm. Penelope and Eloise, which we yeah. all obviously see totally implode at the end of season two mm. when Eloise discovers that Penelope's Lady Whistledown. But I don't, I mean, maybe it's a coincidence and I'm reading too, too much into it, but that to me, it really, really emphasises the fact that this is such a big friendship plot of which there are not mm. many. Yeah. Amongst sort of that generation. Anyway, we obviously have um, Lady Danbury and Lady Bridgerton. They're really good friends. But I feel like that's also a big 
um, issue for Penelope, especially in this season, in sort of t- choosing between herself mm. and her friendship with mm. Eloise and like her working out how to navigate that. And that's yeah. what I kind of saw a lot in through mm. that yellow of, oh, she's that's her really main focus. focus. Yeah, like that's mm. some, because she also. And, like, she, you're right, she does joke even herself about how, like, she doesn't wear it very well. And, oh, oh, I she think she really suits it, actually. She yeah. really does. Mm. But she feels like it's not very her. Mm. And so I sort of feel like that's almost her physically, like, this isn't who I want to be. Mm. But there's aspects of that that are still important in her life. And then there's who she really wants to be, who's Lady Whistledown. Mm. And she's navigating that inner conflict. And that's what I feel from the yellow. And that's why she's right. my best dress. Oh, interesting. So, should I do my best dress then? You do your best dress. So, my best dressed is, I should probably call it my best undressed. Oh, mm. because my favourite moment out the whole thing probably lasted about three Is seconds. it when he gets in the lake? It's when he gets out of the lake. Bit of a Colin Firth moment. Oh, bit of. Absolute Colin Firth <laughs> moment, which, let's just say, is one of the most important, mm-hmm. influential and iconic TV moments of all time. In the 1995 Pride and Prejudice adaptation by Andrew Davies, he basically restructured it and put Colin Firth as the object of desire, Mm -hmm. which you would think would would have happened by this point. But actually, looking back at previous films and adaptations, that's that's just just not what's what's happening. Because obviously, we live in a patriarchal society where... Guys would see boobs. Yeah, so even if it's a genre which is a mainly female audience, heterosexual female audience, women are sexualised, which obviously isn't great. And there were but also, it's not so much that women are sexualised, but it's that then men aren't in a way that mm. women, again, we're speaking here about like mm. heterosexual or bisexual women, exactly. in a way that men would be sexualised. And that's the thing. So, so it's not so much mm. just that women are, but mm. it's that it's not equal. So have you not seen this moment? It obviously does not happen in the book. <laughs> but in the 1995 Pride and Prejudice adaptation... No, really <laughs> Elizabeth visits Pemberley, and she's, like, walking around the gardens. I was going to say Colin Firth. <laughs> Darcy, Mr Darcy, emerges from the lake, having gone for a slit swim on his property, not realising that Elizabeth had gone to visit just on a little holiday with her family, because people did that in those days. With the grand houses, they'd just go tour them. And he gets out of the lake and he's just in his, like, oh, he's just in this shirt and it's, like, clinging to him and some kind of Regency undergarment trouser and he just, like, comes out and he's walking along the gardens to go up to the house and they bump into each other. And and that places Elizabeth as a sexual agent mm-hmm. in the plot. Now, that's obviously very important and was obviously referenced with this Bridgerton. Yeah, 100%. I don't know whether it was in the original book because I've not read them. I'm actually so tempted to go back and read them now. I'm not going to lie. Do it. Um, but yeah, basically, Jonathan Bailey falls into um, the lake when they're when they're all just on promenade, on and him. he comes out and he's taking his jacket off and he he get he 
pulls himself out of the lake in this wet shirt and it's very cool and fur. Very. But also I should say actually, it's quite good for me because it's a running joke in my house. I have very bad taste in men because I grew up watching Pride and Prejudice. And I, I don't think you have bad taste in them. I know, but as, you know... I've never I'd... said that. No. <laughs> You've not said it. <laughs> but we've all thought it. You know, I've had bad luck. And as Dad says, you make your own luck in life. I'd say, you know, I do tend to go for guys who are Darcy-esque in, you know, maybe the social skills department. I like a brood. I like a brooding man. Yeah. There's just, I think I just grew up reading classic literature, watching period dramas, and I just, you know, people, girls are always like, oh watched them as Disney growing up so now I just want to be like swept off my feet and I'm like really? I want a man to stare at me like he hates me for half an hour then ask me to dance? Like that's all I need. <laughs> then maybe he'll insult me, propose to me, I'll say no and then eventually I'll reconsider I'll be like oh no actually maybe he's a nice guy because he it's smiles at me a few times. Because it's true. It is. Thank you. It is true. I'm just thinking about like the stories that you've told me now and I'm like <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So what I was just going to say is, I'm quite grateful to Bridgerton for mm. making me fancy someone who's not... I mean, he gets quite ang- like he gets quite angry, but he's a nice guy and he's friendly and he's, like, quite charismatic. Yes, but he still is, like, how's, you know... Hey, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you... Yeah, Baby okay. steps. Okay. The one thing I'm annoyed about is that Bridget has made me fall in love with a gay man because Jonathan Bailey oh. is obviously gay in real life. Yeah. But he is... And I'm now in love with him. Um, I say that, you know, I've got about as much chance of getting with him as I do with Henry Cavill from the Judas. So, you know, it's really makes Swings no difference. About, really. But it's just, you know, it's the thought that potentially... Like, I mean, there's no potential for me to get with Henry Cavill, but... Maybe you'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> Maybe he's one of our first <laughs> Hi, Henry. Hi, Henry. Um, if you're listening to this, um, my name's Lydia. I like long walks on the beach and men who climb out of lakes are clothed. You can slide into her DMs at Lydia Cormor on Instagram. <laughs> anyway. Um, just a side note for anyone that's interested in the female gaze, it's the really great illustration which... We, well, I was going to say, we love, did you love it? I loved sending it to you. <laughs> um, it was by Vulgar Drawings, and I'll link it in the notes so that anyone who's interested, it's a really interesting um, concept, I think. Mm. So we'll link it below. Yeah, she explains it, doesn't she? Mm. Um, so. I didn't do a worst dress. You didn't do a worst dress? I thought there were, like, not a few, I'm not saying a few as in, like, I loved all the costume, but... In terms of the characters and within the story. But I can't, I think that my issue is that with Brit, it's not like real life, right? Like the no. badly dressed people are intentionally badly dressed. So like they're still pretty well dressed. Like Queen Charlotte for me. Oh. She's yeah, not she's like, she's pretty like zany in mm. how she dresses. Mm. She's very over the top. But I like that, because that's oh, a yeah. bit of me. Mm. So, like, you know, even when she did that sort of head-to-toe, like, icy blue, oh, ice it. queen mm. vibe, where mm. her wig matched her, like, baby blue. It was, like, Elsa from Frozen kind of vibe oh, dress. yeah. 
even that, like, I kind of mm. loved it still. So even the stuff that I'm like, wow, that's a look. I'm like, wow, it's a look. See, I never would have said that she would just never have come anywhere near my worst dress list. Really? I'd say she's, she's on my best dress. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I think she's best dressed, but mm. I can see why other people would think. She doesn't dress yeah. well. Well, she's not really of the period as well. No. She, she harks back to kind of like the golden era of 1700s. But I think that's maybe the point. Yeah, no, I think it is the point. In that. But that's the thing. She's kind of incongruous mm. within the rest of the costume. But, well, actually, I think some of her court dresses, like lower waists and stuff, don't Yeah. Because most of the cast wear quite standard Regency styles, which is empire line waists, which are very high, mm-hmm. narrow kind of columns, some trains, puffed sleeves. Um, so that's that's quite standard for the time. Um, oh, should we wrap it up? Because wow, we've been rambling on. We have wow. been rambling on. Um, sorry, guys. I think I've said a lot of ums as well. That's yeah, me to work me on too. I'm really full. That was I'm a really, really good full. pizza. Well, thanks so much for coming back, guys. Yeah. Um, if you actually knew, then <laughs> wow, well done for this being your first experience with the costume party yeah you can listen to all of season one on apple podcast and acast mm-hmm. um you can follow us at costume party podcast on instagram and tiktok yeah we're on tiktok we're gonna get into this series <laughs> and by we man <laughs> She says, taking her fan down. Um, And at Costume Party Pod on Twitter. Uh, Please let us know if if there's anything you want us to discuss. What you like, what you don't like. Yeah. Unless it's mean. Yeah, don't be mean. probably can't handle that. No, I'm not kind of emotionally in a place right now. Be honest, guys. A lot's happened since last series. (laughs) But, you know, please um, let us know. Tell people who you think might like this because mm. <laughs> we don't know still if it's just us. So no, yeah. we know it's not because mum and dad do listen <laughs> all the time. Mum and dad don't count. No. What? I mean, you do. Bodies. I'm so sorry, mum and dad. Obviously, you every listen matters. But as in, mm. we know that they listen. We want to know, like, who else is enjoying it? Who has stuff mm. to say, you know? What did you think of the colour yellow of Bridgerton? Anyway, <laughs> it's a bit niche, isn't it, when you say it like that? It is a bit niche. I don't think we've been that niche. I hope we've explained everything. Well, we'll find to, out. To, you know, anyway, thanks, guys. Um, we don't know what the next topic's going to be. We don't. I was thinking about this today. So stay tuned. Maybe we'll just come back for more Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's more to say. Have a good week. Go, you know... Live life, breathe on your loved ones. (laughs) (laughs) And um, get out your decolletage. Yeah. Lower that fan, bitches. Thanks, everyone.